This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about whipped cream. Yes, because <laughs> it's a big, as we record this, it's a big weekend right now. Right. Lunar New Year, Mardi Gras upon us, Valentine's Day, but also Galentine's Day. Yes. Yes, and that's why we wanted to talk about whipped cream uh, to celebrate Galentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Galentine's Day to all and Valentine's Day to all, I suppose. Whatever yeah. you celebrate. Anything we and everything wish. that you're celebrating. <laughs> yes. Happy that thing. Yep. And whipped cream. And whipped cream. Oh, yes. Okay, so what is the tie-in between whipped cream and Galentine's Day? <laughs> okay, so brief, brief rundown for <laughs> people who don't know what Galentine's Day is. I'm sure you've probably seen it, um, but it originated from an episode of the television show Parks and Rec that aired on February 11th, 2010. Oh my gosh. It was so long ago. <laughs> oh wow. It is. Yeah, yeah. I I I, wa- I watched this episode. It's actually the first episode of Parks and Rec that I've watched all uh-huh. the way through. Uh-huh. I and and I was like, "Oh wow, this was a hot minute ago." Yes. Look at all of these tiny babies. Like <laughs> just everyone in it is just so I just want to pinch their cheeks. <laughs> For some reason, when I wrote that, when I was researching this, that didn't seem like that long ago, but saying it out loud, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. 
All right. Well, in that episode, according to Leslie Nope, uh, the creator of this holiday in the show um, and fabulously portrayed by Amy Poehler, mm-hmm. every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. It's like a little affair minus the angst plus frittatas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, yeah, we looked into frittatas as well. Waffles are the big part of this, but uh, yeah. we've already yeah. done waffles. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And 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 there's honestly, like, I, I was kind of like, oh man, I'm not sure frittatas is a full episode. So we landed on whipped cream. We did. We did. Because she, <laughs> Leslie often puts, she loves waffles. If you haven't seen the show, she often puts a lot of whipped cream on the waffles. Yes. And we've already done maple syrup too. So, you know... Yeah. We weren't we weren't thinking about Valentine's Day. What was wrong with us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the Urban Dictionary definition, because I just wanted to include it, is um, February thirteenth, the other half of Valentine's Day, when you celebrate your love of your lady friends, single or no. Hey Judy, you're such a great friend to me, and I want to celebrate our friend love. Not only my sexy love and my boyfriend Marvin tomorrow, so let's have a dinner and get together the day before Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's basically brunch, <laughs> usually with waffles and frittatas, waffles topped with whipped cream, um, and gifts for women uh, and all of your your lady friends. And it was such a popular idea that it was really quickly adopted and marketed. There's been some complaints about it, um, and we've yeah we've already done most of the things related donuts too, right? Yeah. But this reminds me, speaking of lady friends, Lauren, we have to watch the Star Wars holiday special. I oh. might end our friendship, but I think we, we can weather it. I think <laughs> I we think, can weather it. I think we can. <laughs> because there's a whole Julia Child bit in it. And the, the refrain in it is, stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. And it's been stuck in my head this whole time. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure, I am increasingly confused about what the heck the Star Wars Holiday Special is about. Uh, Fair. I feel like the more that I hear about it, the less I understand, and I strongly suspect that watching it is not going to alleviate this feeling. No, it can't be explained. I watched it with my mom over the holidays, and uh-huh. it's, it's one of my favorite memories ever, one. But she kept, <laughs> she would laugh and laugh and laugh and then stop suddenly and look at me and say, what is going on? <laughs> and I'm like, no one knows, Mom. That's the thing. <laughs> She's like, she kept asking, this really happened? This was a thing that happened? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it definitely did. <laughs> oh, that's... Well, well, okay. All right. I mean, I, I am recommitting myself to yes. to watching it with you. An hour and 20 minutes of wondering if our friendship is worth this terribleness. <laughs> you might enjoy it. I enjoy it, but it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I think that if that if we weathered waiting in like three hour long lines in theme parks uh yeah, together. That's true. Then we can we can weather the Star Wars holiday special. We'll see. Stay tuned, saver audience. <laughs> um, we'll report back on that. But back to the, the topic at hand. I love whipped cream. I adore it. It's one of my favorite things. I remember, like, viscerally the first time I had, quote, real whipped cream, and it was transcendent. It was amazing. Huh. I think I told that story on the strawberries episode. Yeah. yeah. By by real whipped cream, do you mean, like, homemade whipped cream? Or? I think just not out of, not cool whip. Not cool whip, yeah. yeah, (laughs) But I think, like, yeah, fancy whipped cream. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I I alternatively remember the first time I had Cool Whip as opposed to real whipped oh. cream. And child Lauren was like, what is this? <laughs> Uh, you know, no shade to Cool Whip, because I love that, too. I would just, like, I would choose whipped cream over ice cream often, and I would just eat Cool Whip. Huh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, that that's, it, it, it's, a, it's a distinct texture. Yes. Um, and it is, it is very creamy, so. <laughs> yes. There's a flavor in it that I, that I don't like, um, but, yeah. Uh. All that aside, uh, clearly not an advertiser. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, Cool Whip, my bad. (laughs) Just knocking them down day after day. Uh, Yeah, it's (laughs) always, it's ridiculous. Making enemies. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I don't know what this is about, but okay. (laughs) Uh, Does this bring us to our question, Annie? (laughs) It better, it better. (laughs) Whipped cream. What is it? Well, uh, whipped cream is more or less what it says on the box. It is it is cream that you whip air into so that it's a foam instead of a liquid. Uh, it, it'll it'll form a, a soft but stable structure with a with a light and fluffy texture that's really fun in your mouth because it's all of these like tiny little air bubbles and these smooth and creamy fats that are cold and they melt in your mouth and the bubbles kind of pop. Oh gosh! Um, you can add sweeteners and other flavorings. Vanilla is a popular add-in. It's often served with desserts or as a topping for sweet beverages, either hot or cold. And uh, and it's it's really it's really nifty. Um, like because you you can't do this with just any liquid, right? Like if you take a cup of orange juice or coffee, you can whip it as long as you want to, um, and bubbles will form, but it will not make a foam. Um, but it does work with cream. Because of the amazing properties of milk. And yes, I'm going to talk about, like, the particulate science of milk again. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Every time I do this, I think it's going to be the last time. I think that we can't possibly have a reason for me to talk about my cells again. But (laughs) (laughs) always. (laughs) But here here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, milk is an emulsion of fats and fat-soluble stuff in water and water-soluble stuff. And in cream is that with less water. It's a higher concentration of the fats and stuff suspended in in water and stuff. Um, It's upwards of 20% fat. And for best whipping results, you're looking for something upwards of 30% fat, ideally more like 35 to 40% fat, which is going to be labeled heavy cream in the United States. Look out for that one if you're making your whipped cream at home. Um, And as we talked about in our butter episodes, when cream is cold, the, the fats in it start crystallizing. Yes, butter is a crystal. Um, and this is important in whipped cream because, uh, because those tiny crystals are, are like stiff, sort of independent structures. Like they're okay to stick together and, and latch up into chains, but they're not too excited about like globbing up into a single mass. And, and that's important for whipped cream because, because when you force air into cream by whipping it with a whisk or shaking it in a jar, little globules of fats will, uh, will coat the air bubbles. Um, and if the fats are cold and partially crystalline, they'll latch up with other little globules and create this stable structure. Um, this is why whipped cream will melt into a puddle if you warm it up. You're, you're breaking 
those chains. Um, And this is also why if you whip cream for too long, it'll start getting like lumpy and also watery because those partially crystallized fat globules mash together and you make butter. Um, The the, the water and water-soluble stuff gets pushed out and that's butter milk. Yeah. But, okay, let's talk about that water and water-soluble stuff. Uh, So, in liquid cream, um, fats are suspended evenly through the watery stuff in an emulsion, um, a mix of stuff what doesn't usually mix, um, because of the structure of some of the proteins that you find in cream. These proteins, uh, called casins, are made up of some particles that are hydrophilic or water-loving, and some that are lipophilic or fat-loving. And so when presented with both water and fats, these casein proteins will grab bits of fat and then cluster up into these little globs called micelles uh, with the fat on the inside and the the water-loving bits on the outside. Those water-loving particles grab onto electrons in the water, meaning that each micelle winds up having a negative charge since negatively charged particles repel each other like like magnets, you know? Yeah, yeah, you've seen Mm -hmm. that. The globules Mm -hmm. suspend themselves throughout the water in order to keep their distance. It's an emulsion. (laughs) So so the reason that you can't make whipped cream by, like, stirring it gently um, is that you have to physically break up the bonds that are holding those micelles in their shapes. Um, By whipping them, you're slamming them together, you break up those bonds. And, And that's when the fats that used to be, like, cuddled up all nice and safe inside start like like thrashing out, going like, ah, there's water everywhere, we don't like it. And that's why they cling to air bubbles um, and kind of link up in little chains together. It's for safety. They're just looking for safety. But the caseins and some other proteins in the mix are still trying to like mitigate the situation. Um, they're still trying to keep the peace between the water and the fats. And they wind up creating like a, like a protective membrane around these fat-coated air bubbles, which, um, which A, traps all the, all the watery bits in the tiny spaces between the bubbles, and B, aids in the stability of the bubbles. So cool! Yeah. Ah! There, uh, in, in doing reading for this, I found some um, images from, like, an electron microscope of <laughs> whipped cream, and it was, it was really, it was my new favorite thing. <laughs> I like to imagine get the like printed out like modern art on your wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. People are like, "What's that hellscape?" I'm like, "Whipped cream." <laughs> it's everything from an electron microscope looks like a hellscape. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's what's happening if you make whipped cream. Um, it is pretty easy. Like, I mean, it takes a little bit of arm work, uh, either from from whipping. You do have to keep it cold to make sure that the the proper structure uh, forms up. Uh, or you can shake it in a jar. It's you know fun trick at parties. Um, uh, you can also purchase products that skip the workout. Um, the uh, aforementioned Cool Whip and other pre-whipped creamy toppings um, and uh, pressurized canned whipped cream. Um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the, the ready whip kind of style stuff. It's a can under pressure with cream in there and uh, gas, usually nitrous oxide, and a nozzle on top that lets you just spray it out. More on that later. Um, some of these are made with dairy, um, even with the same sort of cream you might use yourself. Some are made with alternative ingredients um, bolstered by compounds that will help the stability of the foam that are not, you know, dairy compounds. <laughs> 
Well, thanks once again for giving me, whenever we return to parties, I'm definitely going to be like, going to do this party trick. And I want it to be like a really fancy party, you know? Oh. And everybody's in these really nice dresses. And I reach into my purse and I pull out like a jar of cream and start shaking it. <laughs> no explanation. <laughs> Got to keep it cool, yeah, like a, like, guys. <laughs> like a bag, like a bag of ice with a jar of cream yes. inside it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And just maintaining eye contact with the host. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to never be invited to parties again. Clearly. <laughs> but hey, if the whipped cream is good at the end, then maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's right. Well. What about the nutrition? Uh, whipped cream is is a calorie dense food. Uh, you know, it, it, it some some of the uh, non dairy alternatives um, might be uh, a little bit lighter in fats and calories, and a little bit heavier on the sugar. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say I'd say it's a treat. You know, as 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 always, treats are great. Um, you know, like like mm-hmm. think about your serving sizes. Uh, don't put whipped cream on everything. <laughs> All the time, but like some things, yeah. some of the time, heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some numbers for you. We do. Um, as of 2020, okay, I ran into two different numbers as you sometimes do when you're looking at uh, at like global market research. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say that either way, the global whipping cream market as of 2020 was worth upwards of $3 billion, possibly about $7 billion per year. Whoa. I know that that's a large difference. Um, but It's a lot. It's a <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's a lot either way. I'm yeah. saying it's, it's big. It's big. Yeah. Um, over 60% of that was dairy-based whipping creams. They're, uh, they're A, cheaper usually than their non-dairy alternatives, and perceived as being um, better by many consumers. Um, But the non-dairy type uh, segment of the market is expected to grow over the next few years as the number of shoppers looking for vegan products um, is expected to increase. Europe is currently the largest market for for whipped cream. Um, Apparently, Germany leads the world in whipped cream consumption. They ate 128 million kilos in 2017. That's like one and a half kilos per person. Wow. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think about like a kilo of whipped cream and what that means to me. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. <laughs> As you should. I recommend that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Asia Pacific is the fastest growing market segment as uh, European style baked goods gain popularity over there. Um, and the Cool Whip brand is by far the most consumed whipped topping brand in the United States. Um, as of 2020, 129 million Americans had some Cool Whip at some point. Yeah. And, and that's, I ran into a couple articles about like how Cool Whip is. is- American nostalgia associated with it. Yeah. And, uh, huh. My mom, like, if I would that I could, if I went to go visit her right now and I opened the freezer, there would be Cool Whip frozen huh. in there. Just ready. Yeah. In case. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Which yeah. I love. Um, a lot of her desserts did incorporate Cool Whip. I think that's one of the reasons I liked it. 
Yeah, yeah. My um, my mom's family. Yeah, my mom's mother uh, was a big, big Cool Whip user. Mm-hmm. She was also a big gelatin maker. Ah, so, yeah, lots yeah, of. Yeah, that's another thing that I because remember our Ambrosia episode, which to this oh, day yeah. remains one of the things where I'm still like I could say Ambrosia and have no idea what you <laughs> think that means or what <laughs> you think that I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people do use Cool Whip or yeah, whipped cream in their Ambrosia, which often does involve gelatin. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, yeah, well, one of the one of the kind of benefits of um of the non-dairy whipped toppings is that they're a little bit less sensitive to acid content. Right. So, uh, if you've got acidic components in your dessert, they're not going to dissolve as easily. Right. Right, right, right. Different than my ambrosia, but <laughs> Another episode that's already been done. Yep, Um, yep. I did want to include that there are things like alcoholic whipped creams. Right. um, Yeah, which I've had and had good experiences with. But Mm. uh, when I was in college, one of the worst hangovers I've ever had (laughs) was vodka whipped cream. Drink responsibly, friends. Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, no. I won't forget that. And then there are savory whipped creams. I think some people might call them foams, perhaps. But I've had, like, you know, the shrimp celery whipped cream thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's options. It's a bigger world than perhaps you might imagine <laughs> at first glance. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh- <laughs> yes, and it's got an interesting history behind it. It does, uh, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant 
the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So... Animals that produce milk have been domesticated for thousands of years. We've talked about this in numerous past Uh episodes. Um, And humans have used these animals for lots of purposes, but primarily things like milk, uh, labor, and meat. And like so many of our episodes, in particular here, the dairy-related episodes like yogurt or butter or cheeses, the exact origin of whipped cream is unknown. Oh, yeah. Uh, Probably discovered... By multiple peoples in multiple places at multiple times. Uh-huh. And just like all those topics I just mentioned, there's a story that whipped cream was discovered after a quick horse ride turned cream into <laughs> whipped cream. It's a popular... Popular <laughs> origin <laughs> myth. Yeah. Yes. Um, another goes that it may have been discovered by someone attempting to churn butter in a cool climate but rushed the process and whipped it instead. Ah, Sure, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Definitely possible. (laughs) It's funny. I actually, one of the first episodes I pitched when we started the show, we haven't done it yet, and I really want to, is I I feel like I don't have a basic understanding. I have sort of a contextual understanding, but I don't have a really good grasp on a lot of cooking terms. Oh. (laughs) Like uh the difference between, like, whipping something and folding something. I don't know. I just... Oh, Oh, yeah. I can. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's just, it could just be a tutorial between you and well. me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, when I was researching this, I was like, ah, I've always thought I knew what that meant, but maybe I did it. Uh, <laughs> a whip is a, a whip is a good, good, stiff, quick. Right. Gesture. Motion. Yeah. That's what the holiday special tells me. A, f- a fold is, is more, is more gentle uh, mm-hmm. and slower. Yeah. I don't think I've ever folded correctly in my life, Lauren. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on thank it. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's quite simple. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I have that to look forward to. Okay. So our knowledge of whipped cream is really, really limited. But um, by the 16th century, whipped cream was popular in much of Europe, often replacing cream. It went by a variety of names, too. Milk snow in Europe, neige de lait in France, and neve di latte in Italy. Early recipes for whipped cream involved whipping together naturally separated cream using willow branches or rush branches. I like that they were very specific in the branches and a lot of sources Mm -hmm. that I found. Uh, And yeah, the whipping would yield these foamy layers on top that were then skimmed off and tossed. And this process was repeated for an hour or more. Um, until enough cream had been skimmed to arrive at the desired texture. Not the easiest process. A 1545 English recipe for milk snow called for rose water and egg whites. So, again, it's hard to suss out what was all going on in this broad category of whipped cream in history. Um, Mm -hmm. The first written instance of whipped cream in French um, appeared in 1629, and soon after, whipped cream was printed for the first time in English in 1673, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, um, though people used it interchangeably with snow cream throughout the 1600s. 
Snow cream. I like that. I love this. Yeah, yeah. right? It sounds much uh, more fantastical. Perhaps. Yeah. One of the earliest references to whipped cream is from 1661, when the French chef Vatel served something resembling whipped cream uh, with sugar for reception for King Louis XIV. However, some people doubt this story and think that Catherine de Medici introduced cream whipping techniques that were already present in her homeland of Italy to the kitchen staff at her dwelling in France. <laughs> Mystery sister. <Yeah. laughs> A uh, popularly told story, though, that it was uh, this chef, French chef. Actually, that's it's funny because a lot of French, in the article I was reading about this, they're like, we don't want to admit it, but it probably didn't come from France. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whipped cream got a lot easier to manufacture at the end of the 19th century with the Industrial Revolution and the innovation of a centrifuge, using a centrifuge for the separation process that resulted in a high-fat cream. And this was a hand-cranked marvel invented by Gustave de Laval. Now that whipped cream was far simpler to make, more and more chefs started experimenting with it, especially pastry chefs. All kinds of desserts came out of this. Whipped creams uh, flavored with coffee or chocolate or fruits or liqueurs. And when these flavors were poured over the whipped cream or folded in, the result was called creme en mousse, or cream in a foam. And yes, the history of mousse is pretty... Wrapped up in here, yeah. Exactly. Folded in, perhaps, you might Ah! say. (laughs) (laughs) I just did finger guns, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Cream chantilly was sometimes used as well, but chantilly cream isn't the same thing. In our American parlance, there's some differences of what that can mean, depending on where you are. Yeah, it usually means um, a sweetened and vanilla-flavored whipped cream. Right. Um, And that term itself is quite mysterious. I I kind of went on a rabbit hole to figure out if it was something I could include in here if I needed way more time. It seems like I need way more time. Kind of a a big mystery of it. Everybody seemed to be like, well, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that was was what I ran into, and I kind of quickly went, nope. Yeah, another day. Test for another day. Uh, but it did appear in the mid 19th century, or at least records of it did. Another technological innovation changed the whipped cream game when British scientists began experimenting with aeration systems uh, for food in the 1930s. They landed on using pressurized nitrous oxide, or N2O, which was fully incorporated in dairy products using the system, including cream. When the pressure was released, voila, instant whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This technology was utilized both in large commercial spaces and perhaps more so that at first. Um, but products for home use, no, not what we're used to these days. The, the mm, images no. were very interesting. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that looks like I would never know what that's for. <laughs> um, One name that gets thrown around a lot in this conversation is Charles Goetz, a graduate student at the University of Illinois during the Depression who invented Instant Whip. At first, he used carbon dioxide um, after he realized that if pressurized milk would foam, if he used that. So he got the idea to put it in cream in a can, pressurize it, whipped cream. However, he found that the carbon dioxide messed with the taste. So he switched it out for nitrous oxide to get the same results minus the altering of the taste. Getz's professor, G. Frederick Smith, used this patent to launch instant whip foods. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can technically do this with a, a number of different pressurized gases, but nitrous oxide 
And yes, this is the same stuff that your dentist may have given you as a pain reliever or that you uh, might have heard about as like a, like a fuel additive in car racing. Uh, nitrous oxide is great in making ready whipped cream for a few reasons. Um, it's got the no flavor thing going for it. It expands a lot more than oxygen uh, that's pressurized under similar conditions, like canned whipped cream fluffed with oxygen would only be a, a quarter as fluffy as whipped cream fluffed with nitrous oxide. Plus, uh, oxygen encourages microbial growth. Um, you know, lots of microbes require oxygen to live. You don't really want that in your canned whipped cream. And uh, oxygen can make fats go rancid over time um, through the oxidation process. You don't want that either. So yeah, uh, nitrous oxide does double duty as a, as a whipping agent during depressurization and as a preservation aid. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Don't do whippets, kids. <laughs> Side note, don't do whippets. Okay. I mean, they're kind of fine, but don't do them. All right. Don't do them. Lauren no. says so. Once World War II came to a close, several companies set about making their own whipped cream dispensers, but most of them abandoned this project after it proved easier said than done when it came to producing a quality product. Most of the rest gave up in the 50s when disposable single-use cans were invented. So in 1955, Aaron Bunny Lapin Lapin. Oh gosh. So in French, Lapin means bunny. So I'm assuming he pronounces it that oh, way. Oh, huh. But hmm. I don't know for sure. But anyway, <laughs> he patented an essential part of these aerosol whipped cream containers, the nozzle. Uh, the patent read that it was intended to create a product, quote, simple and inexpensive enough to permit their being discarded after a single use. This canister lid design made it possible to pressurize the insides up to 100 pounds per square inch. This Oof. invention, yeah, I know. This invention allowed for a product most of us are familiar with, Ready Whip. And this wasn't Le Pen's first foray into the world of whipped cream. Uh, though originally a clothes salesman, he entered the food space in the 1940s. One of the things he sold was a product meant to serve as a substitute for whipped cream during wartime called Stell Whip, a mixture of primarily vegetable oil and light cream, and Fount Whip, which came in refillable aerating guns, uh, and it was intended primarily for commercial use. Hold up. I just... I, I'm sorry. I, I need to dwell for just a second on the image of an aerating whipped cream gun. <laughs> I actually have uh, some experience with something like this, and it is e worth dwelling on. <laughs> it's quite the sight. What experience do you have with something like this? Uh... <laughs> Well, I'll tell this story, but we might have to cut it because <laughs> a really good friend of mine, uh, she one day at home receives a very large package she was not expecting and uh, opens it up. Lo and behold, it is a huge, uh, bright pink, AK-47 shaped uh, hookah. And uh, oh, right. she has no idea where it came from. Turns out... Somebody used her credit card number to buy this thing in California. But accidentally. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's quite a sight to behold. Uh, there's a camo carrying bag, pink camo carrying bag, uh, and it's just it's like a piece of art. <laughs> oh heck! Yeah. Anyway, ah. 
No whipped cream involved, unfortunately. <laughs> or fortunately, I don't think yeah. I don't think that's what I want with yeah. that experience. Probably not. Probably not. I guess I don't use hookahs one way or another, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, another funny part of that story is he also, whoever they were, also bought a bunch of pizza. Like, way too much pizza on a credit card. <laughs> so quite the <laughs> night was going on. <laughs> but, yes, okay, back to Coolip. Uh, this aerating gun was primarily intended for commercial use. Uh-huh. But he was searching for a design more friendly uh, for home users, and he found it with the 1946 introduction of aerosol canisters that were lined and lithographed and seamless from Crown Cork and Seal Company. Uh, they were called Sprawtainer. Or Sprawtainer. <laughs> Spraytainer? There's no why. I'm not sure. There's but it's, not. It feels like it should be that, but... Huh? Uh, LaFan didn't waste any time in adopting this. He uh, put his whipped cream inside, called it Ready Whip. He started selling Ready Whip through local milkmen in St. Louis, Missouri, but it didn't take long for it to be picked up in the rest of the United States and in Canada with almost full distribution by 1954. Within five years, LaFan had earned the nickname the Whipped Cream King, and he became a multimillionaire. Oof. Yeah. He used the Ready Whip can design for another product he came up with, too. Ready Shave. The shaving cream. Oh. Huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never noticed. It's a very similar design, yeah. Um, it was one of the first of its kind at the time. Uh, and Lapan sold his company in 1963, but sales continued to increase. And as the 20th century came to a close, out of every two aerosolized whipped cream cans, one was Ready Whip. Yeah, uh, Ready Whip was definitely the brand in second place uh, after Cool Whip in the in the United States market. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, huh, yeah, I for some reason had literally never put together that these two aerosol cans are essentially the same can. And now I'm just thinking about uh, Jurassic Park. Me too. So, here you go. Yep, same page when he puts it on the pie. And yeah. some poor soul thinks it's gonna get they're gonna get whipped cream and they get shaving cream instead. <laughs> outrage. That's the outrage <laughs> of that movie. The un under <laughs> the overlooked outrage is that Nedry ruined somebody's dessert. You're, I love, I love this. you're like, you're like, okay, the hubris of man yes. did lead to a whole bunch of people getting eaten by dinosaurs, uh-huh. but mostly <laughs> Some poor sap got shaving cream instead of whipped cream <laughs> on a pie. It, it, we cannot tolerate it. it it's <laughs> not something we should let slide. As food podcasters, Lauren, I feel like it is our duty to bring attention to this poor you know, person whose dessert was ruined. You, you're, you're right. You're right. I. It might have gone on and became a supervillain. They could have been, like, in the following movies. Maybe they were one of the bad people. We don't know. know. I want to explore this. I want to explore this further. Maybe not in this podcast. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So this whole, this aerosolized can for whipped cream was not without its flaws. Um, Even when it was first invented, and this was during a time of, like, consumerism and kind of, well, it's always a time of consumerism, but, you know, the 50s. It was a boom. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, But even then, 
people were still kind of like, this seems like a waste. <laughs> kind of like throwing these things away. And, you know, there's always some cream left after the, mm-hmm. the nitrous oxide is gone. But it was convenient and people liked it, um, you know, still to this day. And that's still a conversation to this day about the waste of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did want to put in here because I, I get this song stuck in my head all the time. And it is a French, <laughs> I guess, like, children's song. That is, okay. But any, anyway, I, even though I learned this in kindergarten, I still remember <laughs> the moves and everything. Oh, I, I yeah. get it randomly stuck in my head all the time. And it's about a deer who's, like, in the woods. And this rabbit is in a house and sees the deer and is like, Deer, there's a hunter. Come inside. And they, come, they become best friends. But... Uh, <laughs> But the, so the word, the French word for bunny is lapin. So uh, through this, I was I got my holiday special stuck in my head and then this French song stuck in my head. But <laughs> lapin, lapin, entre viens, messerez la main. Yeah. So for anybody who uh, <laughs> remembers that, there's a throwback for you. <laughs> huh. Yeah. They shake hands, even though they don't really have hands. I don't know. Oh, um, weird. It is weird. That's something else we'll have to think on more later. Uh, but all right. In 1966, a new product entered the market, Cool Whip. Um, and this was the invention of chemist William H. Mitchell at General Mills. And this is one of several inventions he gets credited for. Uh, the first being a tapioca substitute he developed during World War II. Soldiers dubbed it Mitchell's Mud. Hmm. Uh, cool Whip saved people time. No, no more devoting the time and arm strength to whipping up your own. And it could be frozen, which was helpful when it came to shipping mm-hmm. nationwide, but also storing, like, both in commercial sense, but at home. And it quickly spread and was adopted across the country, also aided by the fact that Cool Whip had no cream or milk, so it wasn't dependent on dairy-producing regions. Mm-hmm. General Mills really knocked it out of the park, too, from what I read when it came to marketing, especially when it came to joining forces with other brands, like in Mississippi Mud Pie, which I also went on a rabbit hole I'm very, I'm very interested to learn more, but again, people seem to be like, oh, um, <laughs> or jello pudding. And that sent me on a, a rabbit hole about Watergate salad. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, but now I have no idea what it is. It looked to me like kind of like a Waldorf salad, but I was just like, did they name this after the, the scandal? The hotel or the, <laughs> I don't think it's the scandal. I I don't think it's the scandal. No, again, nobody seems to know. But there is like a thread of people thinking that that's one, it's one story people tell. I'm sure it's, you know, kind of fun. But anyway, <laughs> different, more and more episode ideals are piling up. But uh, because this product was so popular, the brand name became synonymous with the product so similar to Kleenex. Um, right. Cool. Yeah. Cool Whip. Mm-hmm. During the diet trend of the 90s, lower calorie options of Cool Whip came out. You have Cool Whip Flight and Cool Whip Free. Uh, in 1998, Time included Ready Whip on its list of top 100 consumer items of the 20th century. Wow. I know. And then an explosion at a nitrous oxide factory in 2016 caused a shortage of Ready Whip right in time for the holiday season that had people panicking. One person died in the explosion, and it launched a federal investigation. 
And it, I mean, it's really interesting because it's one of those things I never really thought about before, but only two companies operating a combined five facilities produce nitrous oxide for the United States and Canada. So if you do have oh, a wow. problem at one of them. It's, yeah, it's a huge distribution exactly. uh, shutdown. Mm-hmm. In 2018, Cool Whip Mixins was introduced. And this is essentially Cool Whip with things like Oreo cookie pieces that you mix in. I went through a period where I ate these. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm, I'm low-key mystified by all of this because this was never a product that I that I wanted to consume. Right. And so the idea of of selling it mm-hmm. with like the apparent intention to eat it kind of sort of on its own mm-hmm. is very mystifying to me. <laughs> and no no shade on anyone who likes it. Y'all like what you like. Uh but huh. <laughs> I guess I guess the the texture of it, it is just a, such an interesting texture, and especially when it's frozen, yeah. like, yeah. Oh my gosh, no, foams, y'all, <laughs> foams, <laughs> foams, y'all. Should be a shirt. <laughs> no one would know except for a very select group of people. People around Atlanta would probably think you're talking about a lost cat. <laughs> Lost Cat is a piece of art by local artist R. Land. Uh, it features the word foam on yes. the poster. It, I mean, it could mean a lot of different things. That's the It theory. could. It's just like, <sighs> we see. haven't gotten any new t-shirt designs in a long time. I know. Uh, and there's been some real banger of ideas. <laughs> 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 to see our current designs, you can go to tpublic.com. <laughs> You um, can. <laughs> and we're always accepting suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, heck. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess that that is what we have to say uh, about whipped cream for today. It is. But we do have some listener mail for you. But uh, first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park! Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back, thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. mail. Who whip? <laughs> Man, Cool Whip has really. My brain thinks Cool Whip before it thinks whipped cream. Uh, huh? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne wrote, regarding the sticky jackfruit sap, you can get rid of it by sticking your hand in some uncooked rice. Huh. My mom used to make me cut up ripe jackfruit, and I didn't mind doing it because then I got to play with the rice in the rice tub. Speaking of Lunar New Year, my brother and I have a tradition of going to the 24-hour KFC down the road from our temple. On New Year's Eve, we'd have to stay at the temple until midnight ticked over. We'd be starving by the end of it, and the KFC was the only thing open since our temple's in the sticks. It's built up a lot now and has its own food hall with vegetarian versions of Vietnamese classics, but we still go every year. (laughs) Not a traditional food in the normal sense, but still something I look forward to passing on to the next generation. (laughs) I love it. I love things like that when you make your own tradition. Yeah. No, of course. That's, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carolina wrote, I I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, I was, that's not what they wrote. That's my editorial. <laughs> anyway, okay, here we go. Um, uh, I was excited that you made an episode about my favorite fruit. Growing up in a small town in Utah, I never had an opportunity to try persimmons. I only knew about them from a story my mother told from her childhood in Florida when some neighbor kids threw rotten persimmons at her, which soured her on persimmons to this day and which she brings up every single time I offer anyone persimmons. In my teen years, I discovered and fell in love with Japanese poetry— Persimmons are a fairly common subject in haiku, as well as in Japanese paintings. I came across this poem by uh, Masaoka Shiki. Write me down as one who loved poetry and persimmons. That poem made me want to try this fruit that a haiku master loved so much. I was so excited the first time I found them in a grocery store, and I discovered that I also love this luscious fruit. Now my family gives me persimmons as Christmas gifts instead of the traditional orange. Another famous persimmon-related haiku is attributed to the most famous female classic haiku poet, uh, Chiyoni. Whether astringent, I do not know. This is my first persimmon picking. This poem is interpreted as being a metaphor for the uncertainty she felt on getting married. Just as she didn't know if a persimmon would be astringent or not, she couldn't tell if her marriage would be happy or not. I can say from experience that when you have an astringent persimmon, you know from the first bite. (laughs) I love all of this so much. Ah, yes. Persimmon poetry. Oh, 
my goodness, not one, but two. Right. Haikus. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe we didn't encounter this. Oh. There's always more. There's always more out there. Yes, always. And and as you listeners probably know, one of our very favorite things is food poetry. So yes. always send that in. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And speaking of, we have a bonus 30 mail because it's so perfect. Uh, Savannah wrote, I hate saffron. <laughs> All caps. I hope I, I got the mood of it. It was a very interesting episode to listen to. However, I will always hate saffron. It smells like a pool floaty, like a sickly plastic smell. It tastes the same, and it's so expensive. I will go out of my way to make sure nothing I eat ever includes saffron. I have written a haiku about my hate of saffron. I hate you, saffron. You taste like nasty plastic. You smell like it, too. Ah, excellent, excellent. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. See, that... not all food poetry has to be positive. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, poetry can can express a broad range of emotion. And we have gone through a broad range of emotion <laughs> in this listener mail section. And I've loved every minute of it. Yes, so much. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks to those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.